0: You are a leader. You're out in front, pressing on, into the unknown. You don't follow a guide, you are the guide. You don't create the rules, you open doors. You don't paint by numbers, you appreciate the unfinished masterpiece. The mystery is where the magic is. And oh, do you love the spirit that lives within each of us? You are a champion of what's true beneath the surface popularity is not your quest. Purpose is you have the power to lead. Here we go, Allison. Thanks for joining me on the Power to Be podcast. This is season 2 and I'm talking with people who inspire me, who I see out there in the world who are as leaders, healers, game changers, uh, people who are truly making a difference in the world and maybe even making a difference in the world in a way that is ah, possibly unrecognized or not necessarily popularized I'm I'm really interested in talking to people who are following their own dharma their own their own path and you Allison are definitely one of those people which is why I'm so happy to have you with me
1: so good Thank morning, or
0: good afternoon. <laughs>
1: good morning. I'm so happy to be here, hanging out. Good, me
0: too. We've had our coffees.
1: Yes, several. We're,
0: several. <laughs> that's good. So, Allison, why don't you um, why don't you kick us off and um, just tell tell us a little bit just about yourself, some whatever comes to mind.
1: Yeah. Well, um, the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm a mom. That's my most favorite of all my jobs. uh, Uh, to Ella, she's eight going to be nine. And she's just my biggest teacher. I live in New Orleans. I am a 1200 hour certified, uh, hot power yoga teacher. I also have a master's in acupuncture and, uh, design and making good space and making good space in people and in spaces is what really lights me up.
0: Yeah. Okay. That was, I mean, everyone like buckle up. So 1200 hour (laughs) certified hot power yoga teacher. That's one thing. Right. And, um, and then the whole master's, okay. So there's a few things. So you and I have known each other for a long time and, Mm -hmm. um, and we actually met through this hot power yoga, um, training and we, I don't believe we're ever in a training at the same time, were we?
1: No, I, we, uh, we were introduced because I decided I was going to open a hot power yoga studio. I had a partner at the time and Pauline, uh, introduced us to each other. So you could help us brand and take charge and take off in the 21 days we had to open the studio. I
0: I remember that 21 days, (laughs) 21 days from like idea
1: (laughs) to doors open 21 days.
0: I remember when you guys called me and uh, and it was like one of the funnest, funnest calls I've ever had where yeah. you were both so lit up and so absolutely certain and you were clear as a bell on what you wanted to create and the three of us created a brand for a studio and the two of you actually executed and opened a yoga studio in 21 days. Wow. Yeah
1: wow. I know. I still look back and go, wow.
0: (laughs) You did Uh, that.
1: I did that. Like if I can do that, anything is possible is what Mm. I often remind myself. Like in 21 days, if in 21 days I can launch a business and have it be successful, um, there's nothing that's not possible.
0: Yeah. And so what was it that motivated you? Like what, what had you, what had you get, you know, chop, chop like that?
1: Uh, honestly, it was the way that the, the practice of Baptiste yoga lit me up in my own personal life. Like Mm. just from the trainings, I got such clear direction on what I wanted to have happen in my life and what I didn't want to have happen. Um, I got the power to be, uh, authentic with people from these trainings. And I really just wanted, you know, I tell Baron who created this practice, when I'm at trainings with him, I often say, you know, like your practice saved my life and it continues to save my life over and over again.
0: Mm.
1: And I wanted to give that to people.
0: Mm. What do you think it is about? Okay. So I'm, I'm going to give people who are listening a bit of context. So, sure. um, Baptiste yoga is a, uh power yoga, hot power yoga methodology that is created by Baron Baptiste, as Allison said, and um, many, many um, incredible people that I know. Uh, In fact, I would say that much of my career and much of my life has been really shaped by what I learned at Baptiste Yoga as well. And, um, this methodology is so much deeper than of course, yoga, it really goes down to leadership and self-leadership and being for others. And I'm speaking very generally, of course, but there's, I love how you just said so, so plainly it saved my life and continues to again and again. And I would say that many people, including me, I, I, um, can say the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, that that is a, a pretty powerful testimonial uh, for a, a yoga teacher, and it shows that there is always so much more to that's available to anyone's purpose or dharma. For sure, Baron wasn't really set out to create hot abs for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was really on a mission to uh, to have people step into their own power and their own possibility and his methods just were really honed and, um, and derived from ancient yoga practices and current, you know, uh, leadership methodologies. So I, I love that his intention really clearly delivered, powerfully delivered, produced such a powerful result for you, such that you were even felt motivated to then go out and create possibilities and results for others. Now that's that's that ripple effect that lights me up, I'm telling you. So, so say more um, about what it was like for you to even get that, that opportunity to see, wow, there are four walls, there's a space. Uh, and then to say, let's do this in a ridiculously short amount of time. There's something that was really driving you that had you step up and do that. Say, say a bit more about that you may be just taking it for granted. Cause you just, you know, you're just naturally yeah. awesome, but there's something. <laughs> there. <laughs>
1: um, I saw, so it was interesting the way that it happened. So it was international day of yoga was the day that we wanted to open. And Baptiste yoga was having like a big, um, event for it all over the country and all over the world, uh, Canada included. And there had been a fitness studio in this space and they had shut down and they had a big yoga following and they had not yet reopened in their new location. So two things motivated me at the time. And it was a business and it was a business idea. And I said, if we want to really capitalize on the fact that there's no hot yoga in town right now, we need to open as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to do a build out. We had to do some paint and build a check in desk and get some cubbies and rearrange a few things. But the space was pretty much already there. So I like to say that the universe, like as cliche as it sounds, it really does conspire to help you do what it is you want to do once you set your intention. Because I set my intention and then it was like, oh, wow, the space is available we have to get this. We, have to get this, and we have to get this now. Um, so that was part of it. My motivation was part of it. Like I wanted to beat the competition. Honestly, Ooh, I, love it. Mm-hmm. I did. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I love it. And that shows, you know, that chutzpah right in you. And of course though, you know, you weren't, you know, competing for hot dog stands, right? You're competing in a space where people are actually having their lives changed. You're, you're like, no, I want to change lives, and other people are like, no, I want to change lives, right? You're, you're out there in a pretty cool space. And what
1: was missing, I noticed, because I had been practicing at this hot yoga studio um, prior to moving locations. What was missing was the the community vibe of Baptiste Yoga, Mm -hmm. and it was the community and the sense of belonging. That I think was part of what, like I said save saves my life is the Baptist community, and I wanted that to be created quickly in in um in Lafayette, which is where I was living at the time,
0: yeah, and I had the privilege of going down there twice and um, being immersed in your community and seeing what it was like and wow it 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 was powerful i I got really used to hearing the word "y'all. And I loved, I loved that so much. And I, I loved that you had this really engaged, diverse, loving, powerful community of people who were really a yes for you, Alison, like really a yes for whatever you were bringing forward to them. They, they just had yes eyes for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, you know, it's so great. Like subsequently, several years later, I sold the studio. And they still have me back. Like, I really can't imagine a better situation where I sold it to um, a lovely human who is taking such good care of it and putting her own spin on it and who has me back to do what I love, which is trained teachers. And they still welcome me with the same yes eyes when I go back there. And what a gift.
0: It is because it shows that your intention was pure. It shows that you didn't create something to look good. You didn't create something to be popular. You created something that was actually purposeful. And when it has such pure intentions and it isn't, um, I don't know, it doesn't have like an undercurrent of trying to make money or something. I don't know. I mean, yay, you get to make money, but your intentions were so pure. And so that's why it's everlasting. Yeah.
1: I've never looked at it that way. Um, so thank you for that. Well, but yeah, my it, my intention was always just to bring something that really lit me up inside to other people.
0: Yeah. Well, and if you even look at the history of your yoga studio, it was called We Power Yoga, O-U-I. So it literally meant yes. Right. then once you uh, you and your partner split, you took the studio on your own and you called it Good Wolf Power Yoga. Mm. And you and I rebranded it. By the way, that was probably my favorite brand I ever created. I really loved it. It was really cool. I still cool.
1: love it. It's awesome.
0: Well, you know why I loved it? Because you have such phenomenal taste and you have such an eye for design and for, um, the look and feel of things that has, has such richness and depth. And I just, you're so talented in that way. And I was just a vehicle that helped bring it together. But yeah, so we rebranded, uh, Good Wolf Power Yoga together. And then you sold Good Wolf Power Yoga, which in, in the days of, you know, yoga studio sales, (laughs) was kind of a miracle. Like a hundred (laughs) percent. You're like the only one. I'm the only
1: one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, to a woman who was so grateful for what you had created, she saw the value. Yeah. In what you created. And she wants to have you back. So clearly, the intention of what you created transcends all of the brands, all of, you know. It, I can't tell you how many people that I I know who are so busily fretting over their website and really like spending all this money on marketing budgets and spending all this money on crafting the perfect Instagram. And meanwhile, they have crickets. There's no business coming in because they're so busy just waiting for the polish to lure people in. And people are like, eh, you actually got people in because you loved them so deeply and Mm. you looked them in the eye and you held them by the hand and you kicked their ass, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember one time, I don't, you remember Jillian Michaels? She was like the trainer on The Biggest Loser. Do you remember that TV show? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. She's like total hard ass, you know? I remember Mm -hmm. one time in... After I had taught a class, a woman came to me and she goes, Please take this as a compliment. But you remind me of Jillian Michaels. Like you keep kicking my ass and I keep loving you for it and I keep coming back. <laughs> Thank I you, I guess. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, what? Yeah, it is a huge, it is a huge. Um, I mean, I was a yoga teacher for eight years, well, um, closer to 10, actually, but for eight years, I had a studio. And I made a promise to myself that if anyone ever left my class saying that was nice, I would quit.
1: <laughs> I love
0: that. Uh, I'm not interested in nice. No. I was really interested in change. And, and so, it, so tell me, what did it, t- it take for you? Like, wh- what did it take for you to keep stepping up to kick ass?
1: Right. Well, one of my core values uh, for the studio and still one of my core values for my life is to fiercely love people. And sometimes you have to be fierce with people because you love them.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen.
1: And I just, I want people to realize that they're great. And to help people realize that they're great, sometimes you have to hold them to the fire. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's really what happened to me. Like, Baron did that for me, and my yoga teachers did that for me. Like, you you will not quit. You have what it takes. Rise to the occasion, even when it's difficult. Rise even higher when it's difficult. And what's on the other side? And that's this possibility. And that's what I promised myself I would deliver in every single yoga class I taught.
0: My favorite thing about everything you just said is that there's such an uh, such a deep authenticity about that. I wish there was another word other than authenticity. I wish there was a bigger word. Like I wish there was like a more like uh word about authenticity because everything you said was that you would you went through it yourself and experienced it yourself. You were held to the fire. You went through that that deep rich level of transformation so so that you could go and do that for other people you're not out there kicking ass in an arena you've never walked through
1: yeah i love what brene brown says like you can't give feedback if you're not also in the arena getting your ass kicked yeah yeah
0: and you know there's something really powerful about this from a dharmic perspective from a from a, a purpose perspective that that i notice with people that Inspire me, is that there's always a close line between pain and purpose. Mm. It's like a thin veil between the two, and people who are out there kicking ass and really making a powerful impact in the world are very present, aware of their pain, but they're not steeped in it. They're not rolling around in it. Mm-hmm. So it's the a very fine line between um, heroizing the pain you you know that whole thing uh the yeah. making the wound the trophy there's a difference between that which feels a bit icky and then the other side which is i've been informed by my pain i've um uh, i've ri- i've deeply gone down into it and i've come out the other side with a, a you know a new sense of awareness a new sense of of love and i'm here to serve now from this place from this place of purpose and That your story of the way that you allowed Baron to hold you to task, hold you to the fire, which, by the way, I sense the fire is the very thing that burned away all of your limiting beliefs, all of your like ick, all of the stuff that wasn't you actually,
1: and allowed you to emerge.
0: Yeah, allow you allowed you to emerge like the Venus that you are. Mm. And then go out there and serve these people. I just, I, I, mean, I, I mean, when people listen to this podcast, they'll check you out. You're gorgeous. You're absolutely beautiful. You are like, you are a Venus. And that beauty though, it comes from that place of having walked through that. You just, you you've walk through to the other side and you're constantly aware of what that pain has created for you so that you can step up and be with other people who are in pain. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've seen you do
1: it. (laughs) I'm um, so wild. I'm so grateful for the pain of my life. I really am. I'm so grateful for it. And it's really been my greatest teacher and my greatest motivator to, like, peel it away, like drop it off. Like when I had a child, I said to myself, like, I'm not passing on to her. The pain that I got from my mother that I'm not carrying, like it ends with me like that's it. Mm -hmm. And I was committed to doing that. And Baptiste Yoga has really helped me do that, shedding the layers. And I know, I know this person I'm about to talk about won't mind me sharing her story. But I told you about this in my last teacher training. I had a student whose name was Sunny Day. And the best name ever. <laughs> the best name ever. The best name ever, right? Sunny Day. I think and, I'm going to change my name. <laughs> yeah. All of us should change our names. Sunny, Sunny Day. Day. Sunny mm. Day. And she walked into my training and I had never met her before. We briefly chatted over email. She walked into my training and she was one of the most angry. Grief-stricken humans I had ever seen, but like really presenting with anger, and her name was Sunny Day. <laughs> You're
0: like one of these things doesn't line up. What's happening? Yeah, here?
1: one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, and, and um, it was instant recognition of my pain in her that mm. allowed me to work with her through it.
0: Mm.
1: Instant recognition.
0: And then what happened?
1: (laughs) She became pure love and light by the end of the training, Mm -hmm. like of her own accord. All I did was say, like, here's some tools up to you to use them. And by the end of the training, Erin, she was making the most beautiful malas I had ever seen, named them like something she had gotten from the training. She was full of love and light. Like she was always smiling, hugging everyone. So grateful for the training. And um, she'd had like beef with other people in the training that we had to work through. Uh, but by the end of it, um, she was like the biggest cheerleader for the group. And her life is completely different now. I mean, she was so sweet. She called me like the day after the training and was like, Hey, uh, can I keep doing like life coaching with you? Can I extend this training? <laughs> I told her, I said, Sonny, like for a while, I just want you to go out and be you, like as you are now, fully whole and complete. And as you were when you first walked in the door for the training, you just had all this stuff you'd piled on, like stuff hiding your good space. Like just go out and be good in the world. <laughs>
0: Practice that.
1: Yeah, go practice that.
0: Wow, I think it's um, it's really interesting to me how what you described was that really you held the container for her. You held the container and presented the tools. So you know, arguably anyone can do that, but actually, uh, I don't believe that anyone can do that. I believe that most people would have probably dismissed her. Um, probably have categorized her as a bitch or an angry woman or
1: Mm.
0: probably just, um, you know, ignored her and, and went, I've no time for that. I've got no time for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, go ahead. Yeah. I have time.
0: You made okay. time for her. You, yeah. you have all the time in the world for her. You had all the time in the world and all the space in the world because, in fact, that's what you're here to do: is recognize the pain and walk people through it. Yeah, like that's mastery. That that now that's freaking exciting and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Recognize pain and walk people through it. Like, oh, put that on your business card. Call me. <laughs> right it's just she gives
1: me like like she gave me such a gift yes she gave me such a gift like what a gift to be able to have someone allow you to do that like she allowed me into her space and so of course I had time for her
0: well yes Allison but I I, like I'm really being deliberate about how easy it would have been to dismiss her yeah yeah and she, how, yeah,
1: she wanted to quit. Like every weekend, she was like, I'm not coming back next weekend.
0: Hell yeah, you are. And <laughs> I was coming like, back.
1: I just would look at her and smile and be like, Sonny, I'll see you on Friday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she probably never had that. She probably yeah, never n- had anyone really hold her that way.
1: Yeah, nobody cared. She had the experience of nobody caring.
0: Wow. Wow, and one person, one person. First of all, I, one of my very favorite um, sayings or or little stories, and I, I know I know you have told this story before, but it's the one about the um, the little boy on the beach with the with the starfish. Do you know this one? Remind me. Boy. I feel like you, I feel like we've, we've talked about this one where there's a little boy on the, on the beach and he's throwing, um, starfish back into the sea. And there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them that have been washed up on this beach. Mm -hmm. And this old man comes by and says, and says, you know, kid, what are you doing? Like there's a hundred, hundred of them. You're not going to be able to make a difference. What are you doing? And he picks up a starfish and throws it into the sea and says, tell that to this one. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's One like person. Mhm.
1: It is. My husband like and that. I
0: have a have a, a promise to each other and we we came up to this with this promise um just this past summer when we we witnessed some um just some really tough things with a family and some kids that were really spiraling um you know and we just we, we were really concerned about what happens, especially with kids or people in pain. Even just think about people who are in pain usually show up as assholes. People yeah. who are in pain show up difficult, right? And it can be just so easy to turn a blind eye. And my husband and I kind of had this moment this summer where, cause we have two kids and we love these, Oh my God, we love these kids something awful. And we held each other in like, and looked each other in the eye and we said, never, ever will we turn a blind eye. Yeah. I love that. And that's what you do. That's the way you live. That's why I had to sort of slow you down because I'm like, dude, you're taking like what you do so for granted, but what you do is really powerful. Like you, I just know you are an activist. You are someone who cares very deeply about people. And it's not just like you're this blanketed kind of martyr woman who like just loves people. No, you're like, you fiercely love. It's true. Mm -hmm. And you have a capacity for looking at pain in a way that, um, makes me uncomfortable even like I (laughs) can't do it. (laughs) So what, what is that? Like what, so tell, go there now. So like from, okay, hang on. I'm, I'm ahead of, I'm ahead of everyone else. But so from Baptist (laughs) yoga, teaching um, teacher trainings, Mm -hmm. creating a studio, rebranding a studio selling a studio, oh, my God, by the way, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. moving to not New Orleans, but New Orleans, I've learned. Yes, New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, buying a home, there's some things, there's some life changes that, that happened, talk, talk to us through, through those, that was a pretty powerful time in your life. Which one? Oh, my God, I know, right? (laughs) Okay. So you, you sold the studio right? and you moved to New Orleans and, um, t- so pick, pick up the story there. What happened then?
1: So I sold my studio, um, by the grace of God, really. Um, it was a miracle and the universe, I manifested it. I fully believe, like I set my intention and the universe dropped this
0: perfect human into my life and it worked out. And, well, Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just, whatever. Okay, great. But the universe always meets you halfway. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Carry on. Okay.
1: <laughs> so uh, I had been living in Lafayette and really living what appeared to be this sort of amazing, beautiful life in Lafayette. Big home, beautiful yard, owned a studio, um, physician husband's, like perfect little daughter, cookie cutter, um, life, like looked really charmed. And I was bored to tears. Mm. I was so bored.
0: And you're not cute when you're bored, are you?
1: No, I'm not cute. I'm not nice. I'm an asshole. And (laughs) I was like, I think that's why I recognize it in people because I, myself, um, and so I just said, I can't, I need to change. I need growth. I'm bored. Like I'm not, I'm no longer growing right now. I need to change. And so I dove headfirst into like, let's just get uncomfortable, the uncomfortable pool. And so we moved to new Orleans and we hadn't found a house and we couldn't buy a house until our house in Lafayette sold. And so we moved from 4,000 square feet into 1100 square feet with me, my husband, my daughter, and our two giant, golden doodles. And I was going to teach yoga at free to be, which is another Baptist studio in New Orleans. And, um, yeah, it was wildly uncomfortable, literally Mm. like in the tiny apartment on rental furniture, not my space, a space that I couldn't really create as my own Uh, Half of our things in storage, new city, knew a few people, um, didn't know a ton of people. Searching for a house, wondering if I'd ever find a home. Um, And teaching to a group of people that I didn't know after having taught at Goodwolf for the last, you know, four years being loved like a family.
0: Mm hmm
1: walking into practice in a space that wasn't mine to lead in a space that wasn't mine in a city that wasn't mine. And, um, my marriage was, and had been on the rocks for, I mean, we've, we've been together for 12 years. I want to say on the rocks, basically the whole time we'd been married on and off in a new city. And, I've really had to look at my life and go, what, what's here that's not creating good space for me? Like, what is it? Mm. And I was suffering from, we haven't really gotten into this, but I was also suffering from breast implant illness. Um, I had had implants put in after I had Ella and it took me seven years to realize they were making me sick.
0: Mm.
1: And so I was having all these symptoms and like, trying to manage life with brain fog and all the things, but still getting on my mat every day, no matter what.
0: Mm. Home base, right?
1: Home base, like saving my life. My mat was saving my life every day. Like that became my home. Wow. The apartment the was hospital, not my home. Yeah. The
0: hospital, your church, your home. Yeah. Everything, mm. everything. Beautiful. Wow. Everything.
1: And every time I walked out of the studio, whether, you know, I got to practice a lot more. That was a, like a, a big benefit of once I sold my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of felt like I had been in yoga jail, like owning a studio. Like I right, had lost like jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost a little bit of my love of really just the practice. And when I moved to New Orleans, there wasn't really space for me to teach. You know, I had been teaching five or six classes a week when I owned the studio. And when I moved to New Orleans, I was teaching one class a week. Mm -hmm. And so the rest of my time I got to spend practicing. And that really saved my life through that big life change was the gift. Like I didn't look at it as a gift then. I was like, God, I just want to teach more. Like I feel like I don't have a purpose. I want to teach more. But Mm -hmm. my purpose was actually to practice so that I could create good space inside of myself. And then once they started creating that good space, like then, then we found the house. Then we found the perfect neighborhood. You know, then I found the perfect surgeon who was holistic and knew exactly what to do with me and my implants. But it all started really on my mat.
0: Wow. Your mat was your source. It
1: was my source.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow, Allison. Okay, so <laughs> you are literally on the rocks, all of it. Oh, God, yeah. hmm So life on the rocks is like life on the run, but life on the rocks where you're just trying to keep your shit together. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exhausting. Oh, yeah, exhausting. And it seemed, though, that you had a – um like a central focus, it ha- it seemed like you had, um, um. I I don't want to say North Star because it's not quite that, but it it feels like you you had something uh, like that you were you know reaching for, and you've said it a number of times. You've said the words "good space," mm-hmm. and you talk about a good space quite a bit, where. You said, um, you know, my marriage is on the rocks. I'm living in a place that doesn't feel like my own. Um, dealing with breast implant disease, feeling brain fog. I, I, I remember talking to you, and you, you were just constantly sick, All like again. just sick.
1: Yeah, joints. Yeah, joints hurt. Constantly mm-hmm. sick. Hard time breathing. I could go on and on and on. That's like a whole. We could do a whole nother podcast on breast implant right. illness. Um, but yeah, I
0: was, there was a foreign substance inside of you, inside your space that was making you sick.
1: Yeah. Like, wasn't me. There's an, Mm -hmm. uh, literally two, I call them toxic bags, but like, (laughs) um, silicone, like Phil, I didn't know they had all these chemicals in them. Obviously when I had them put in, and even the having them put in was all part of like not feeling like my personal space wasn't good enough
0: as it was. You had to dress it up. You I had, had to, to make dress it, it up. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then that's like inauthentic right there. No. Right.
0: <laughs> Let's go back to the original. Yeah. yeah. So now, so now you, you've gotten to the place where you are in New Orleans, you've got this home that you Mm. love, and you've got your body has been restored back to its like original, beautiful Venus condition. Mm. And you, um, you are, I mean, obviously the pandemic was a bit of a, (laughs) a bit of a wrench in the yoga world. Yeah. Being able to be in community and being with people, sweaty hugs and all, which free to be power yoga in New Orleans is like masterful at. Right. And so, so then what? Now what? (laughs) Like Hmm.
1: right now or pandemic right now?
0: Well, I mean, I think what I'm interested in, 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 um, learning more about with you is that, see, like the, the. The, the, the people who are listening to your story are, you know, they're kind of like, you know, picking up their jaw, like, whoa, okay, hang on. I was still back that she opened a studio in 21 days, <laughs> let alone, you know, all this other stuff that you, you built this, you know, rebranded, sold, moved cities. You were, you've, okay. So catch us up on, on the good space that you were on a quest to create and, Um, you were with this husband for 12 years, which was always rocky. Like, it's like having a a very pointy pebble in your shoe. You can walk with it. You can carry on. But so, so what did you, uh, how did you navigate all that?
1: Um, How did I navigate all that?
0: I mean, you were on your mat. Like we know that that the mat was the the place that you returned to. It was your hospital, yeah. your church. It was your best friend's living room. Like it was all the things that you needed. And but why? Like why were you so motivated to to keep going back to your mat? What were you on a quest for? What were you looking for? I was
1: looking for good space, and I didn't feel like I had good space except on my mat. And then once I got that feeling like I got really in touch with the feeling that I had when I would get off my mat at the end of practice. And I wanted that everywhere in my life. Like how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. That whole saying, And Mm -hmm. I realized that it was actually things that needed to be peeled away to reveal the good space everywhere in my life. Um, you know, I've always been a shopper Always. And it used to be like, the more stuff I had, like, that would be a way for me to cope. Like, oh, I feel sad. Like, I'm going to go shopping and buy X, Y, and Z. And then I go in my closet and I look around and I just be like, I'm so overwhelmed by the stuff. Literally, like in my closet, like, oh, I don't even know what I have in here because I'm so overwhelmed by it. And that was how my whole life was. Like, I don't even know what I have in here because I'm overwhelmed by all the stuff that I've filed on. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. Caroline. Carolyn Mace, uh, an incredible, m- uh, medical intuitive and, uh, teacher guide author calls that stuffology <laughs> it's yeah. the, the stuffology and then people pray, pray to it. And, you know, like, yeah, the more stuff will make it better. Right. And you got, you got to that point where the stuff was actually harming you.
1: Yeah. It was wild. Like we moved into that 1100 square foot apartment and actually like after a month, I was like, this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I wasn't overwhelmed by stuff anymore, like literal stuff.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And then I realized like I had been holding like the space, the space I was keeping wasn't a clear space.
0: Yeah. Why was that important to you? To have a clear space? hmm
1: mm. Why was it important to me to have a clear space? I had spent so many years of my life trying to appear or occur as someone I was not, someone that I thought was better than who I actually was. Mm. And mm. I was sick because of it. Like it was literally killing me. Wow. And so I had this uh, awakening, this light bulb moment or I was talking about my implants and how much I hated my implants. And I just wish I could get these things out of me. And it was really a metaphor for everything that I had piled inside of me and been carrying around for 38 years. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to remove these literal foreign bodies, like why not remove the stuff that's not me? Like, pe- let's peel the
0: onion. Yeah. And then what did, that, what did that create for you? What kind of possibilities did that open up for you? The ability to just be. Mm. You know,
1: a lot of my life was tied to what I was producing, what I was doing, how I was showing up. What was I creating? How did I look? How did I, you know, all of that. And in doing all that, I actually put myself in bed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you did the hard work, like really hard work to peel away all the stuff that wasn't you. And you know what's interesting is that it was on the on both levels. It was both on the physical level and on the spiritual level. You were shedding off a- aspects of yourself that that was like a cloak, right? The yeah. peeling off the the need to look a certain way, the peeling off the need to occur a certain way, the the need to um, perform or to um, put on a show. I mean, whatever. L- listen, there isn't a single person who doesn't relate to that on some level, mm-hmm. and it takes serious guts to actually stand there and say, this is me. I mean, gosh, you just got to watch the movie The Greatest Showman to like really mm-hmm. get that anthem in your bones. This is me. And so here you are standing here with this is me. I, I sense that you there you've arrived. I mean of course there's never a total arrival but you've arrived in a in a new space mm-hmm. and now now what lights you up? What is what is your because the thing i can't i can't shake allison is that you're just not the girl that does it for all for you? There's some like you said at the beginning. Your daughter is your best teacher, and the thing that you love doing the most. So the, the, you always have this other focus. You've always talked about your students. You talk about mm. sunny day, and you talk about you know the people that that you um, created t- to have a sense of belonging, and community. So I, I'm, I'm always sensing that there's something outside of you that really motivates you. What what is it that breaks your heart and gets you out of bed in the morning these days?
1: creating good space everywhere. Mm. That's, that's what gets me out of that in the morning. Like I just, I was giving away my power to so many external things. And then once I reclaimed my power, I was able to create my space exactly as I wanted it. And I see that happening in the world. Um, And I, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is like, I hear the news about children being trafficked and people not seeing them, like the mainstream media, not covering it as much as it needs to be covered. Um, and I want to do something about that. And it starts with one person, like sunny day.
0: Mm. Like good she's old good, sunny Day. she good has old no idea. Day.
1: She, she has no good. idea what a
0: master she is. And in, in my favorite thing about the Sunny Day story, of course, is that she she is your um your inspiration because simply because she walked through the fire. She yeah. did it. You didn't do it for her. It's not like you created her, like you just no. set up the container for her to do the work. And and so that's that is a person who created good space for herself, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: And she had to see her. That's the thing, like the willingness to wake people up to be willing to look at their Mm. space.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: You you were saying never turn a blind eye. Like, that's really what gets me out, gets me up and out of bed in the morning is let's look. And Mother Teresa, or there's a saying, I think I think it was Mother Teresa. She said, if you want to change the world, start in your own home. Mm. And like, I think I said to you, I'm like, you can't change the world if you can't sweep your own front porch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I tell you, I walk around my house going, the space you keep, the space you keep. And mm-hmm. I'm looking, you know, it's true though. I, I, I really a- appreciate the level of detail that that, um, that creates me to be aware of, that mm-hmm. I start to look around at, um, you know, I'm, I'm out here in the world I mean, my, my big purpose and my big intention or big idea is that around me, people feel remarkable, that people who are already inspired around me, they feel remarkable. They get to be present with how remarkable they are. You do that. You do that. Yes. Okay, yeah. good. You're fulfilling. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And, you know, if I look around my, my home and, and think, oh my, like, I don't know, you know, it's not about perfection and polishing, but if I'm no. sweeping things under the carpet, if I'm putting and hiding things in drawers, you know, that, that stuff wears away at me on a spiritual level.
1: Yeah, and what are you hiding and sweeping under the rug like in your spiritual life, your personal life, in your relationships with people?
0: Yeah. I and so talk talk to me about about that. Like about the 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 tangible, like the the space you keep it, the, um from a, like um a, a home and a decor and design perspective. Right. Yeah, yeah, talk to so really that. So really
1: what's been born out of this last year and a half is my new purpose my new business that we're working on together to get launched it's the space you keep keeps you and it's really a both and like if I'm keeping anger inside of myself it's occurring actually in my physical space and in certain ways if I'm keeping grief or sadness inside of myself it's occurring in my physical space we can go back to um my stuff, like in keeping all the things, all the stuff I was hiding.
0: Mm. So the space you were keeping was hiding you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. Wow. Like from the breast implants, you were, the space you were keeping there was hiding you.
1: Hiding me. I literally couldn't breathe. I had something on my chest and I could not breathe. Wow. That was the first thing I remember waking up from surgery and going, oh my God, that's what it feels like to take a deep breath. And I'd been a yogi for like several years. (laughs) Yoga is all about breath work. And I literally couldn't breathe because I had like this thing that wasn't me on my chest. Like I had to get it off my chest. I had to get it Mm -hmm. off my chest.
0: There's something to get off your chest, people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow.
1: You know, so how if does Sunny that- if Sunny was still occurring as angry, she couldn't be creating all the beautiful, lovely, filled with love things that she's mm. creating now. It just wouldn't be happening. And if my you know, my space, which in my old I call it my old life, like my Lafayette life appeared really beautiful and put together and kept and all that, but it was not all fa- it was fake.
0: Right. Looked good. Looked really
1: good. Yeah, Very it was Instagram really good. Instagram mm. worthy. All the things. Mm-hmm. And then it was actually a mess. Like if you went into my closet, it might not have appeared a mess, but there were so many things in there that weren't bringing well, me.
0: Yeah, right. And and what I love about what you're saying here is that it's not about, um, like, oh gosh, hang on. I got. I just got to be a little, a little careful. But, I, I, like, I, I do enjoy watching the home edit, right? So we're watching mm. the home edit, and um, I kind of got bored after a while because. I, I'm, I'm personally just never, I'm just never going to live like that. I just, yeah. I, uh, I'm just not going to live in a, in a world that is, everything is contained and categorized and labeled. It's just not, it's just not, it's not the space I enjoy actually. Right. And it's not so, the space you want to keep. That's right. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy, I'm, my poor husband, who's a Virgo and uh, an architect and a, you know, precision master right. um, has had to learn. I had to learn to enjoy the space I like to keep, which is homey and lived in, and friendly and uh, welcoming, and um, yeah, so <laughs> artsy. <laughs> right. My mother would always say, "Oh, you have a high level of tolerance for chaos." Like, yes, mm-hmm. I love chaos, but this, the chaos is n- is not a bad thing. I mean, the space I keep is is dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like I like to think of it that way. So. Um, I, I do enjoy, right, like learning how to organize and and keep things um, precious or whatever. But what you're about is something much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, bringing order and design and, you know, I don't know, cute labels and putting things in. A, that, like you've actually sh- shown me a few tips that um, like even down to when you take your supplements in the morning, put them into like a little container so that you don't have a million bottles around. Yeah. Like these are... Like these are the things that just make my life work. Yet you're talking about something so much richer than than just um, organization and categorization. You're talking about really what is the space you keep and look around at it and consider that that that's the space that actually. Like I, I had to slow slow it down. What you said that the space you keep, if you look around at the space you keep in your body, in your life, in your in your marriage, in your relationships, in the way you dress, all those things, in, in the way that you treat, treat the environment, in your your like shopping habits, like the mm-hmm. space you keep keeps you. Like mm-hmm. I just have to like pause there for a minute. Will you say more about that? Yes, the keeps you part.
1: <laughs> I I want my home to keep me. Like a big sweaty hug. Mm. I want mm. it to keep me like a big, and if sweat's not your thing, you want it to keep you like, I don't know, the coziest. Emma's hug. Yeah, like just the coziest space where you feel so safe to be whoever it is that you are. Wow. And, and the
0: real the real question is, who are you?
1: Yeah, who are you? And I had to ask myself that well, like who am I? What am I up to? What's my purpose here? And my purpose is like <laughs> you laugh every time I say this, but it's like not to be a dick in a dolce and gabbana dress. Don't be a dick in a cold dolce and gabbana dress. Yeah. Right. Like don't look good and be an asshole. Because beauty comes, I really believe this. Like I, I really believe this that it all comes like it's from the inside out. It's just mm. from the inside out. And if your inside space is unkind, mm. full of anger, it doesn't matter what your external appearance is. I mean, you could be in Louboutins, a Dolce dress, carrying a Chanel bag, you know, getting out of a chauffeured Bentley, and you'll still occur as a dick out in the okay. world.
0: hmm Yeah,
1: and that's not actually really. Yeah, no, we're really
0: right. And you know, it's interesting because we really are in this age of performance. um, You know, always having our life being documented and Mm -hmm. shown and liked and you know followed, and it's um, it's a trap, isn't it? It's a trap. To track. It's a good reminder. I mean, we get this reminder on a social media perspective, but what about like even deeper? Like, what about even just in, in your family? What about with your marriage? What about with your, you know, your kid? Mm-hmm. What about there?
1: In my marriage, it really just got to the point where I was like, I need space. And the space that we're creating here is one of resentment, anger, uh, not making each other good. Like, making each other wrong all the time. And, you know, he's actually a good man. He's actually, like, a really good man. And I was making him wrong, and it was making me wrong. And I just had this revelation during COVID. Something occurred, and I had this revelation of, like, wait, we're both good people, but together our space is not great. <laughs> So let's like you go to your space and I'm going to go to my space. And how can we be great together in a different way that would serve Ella?
0: Right. So you separated? Yeah, we separated. Mm hmm. And that and then, and then, in that separation, so we're talking about a marriage that's separated, but even in that separation, like uh, it, we're talking about the space you keep, so the mm-hmm. space that you um recognized together was creating a downward spiral for each of you. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you said, okay i need I need to recreate my space mm-hmm. without you in it, yeah, without you in it." So that what could happen? What what then became possible for you? Yeah, peace. Oh, and beautiful. Ease and freedom. Right. And to actually be, I love what you said, to actually be able to see him as a good man. Yeah. He's a really good man. It sounds like giving that space allowed you to forgive. A hundred percent. Wow. And that's imagine- really the
1: gift. Like and I had yeah. to forgive myself for who I'd been. Like I really got to the place where I didn't like who I was. Like I didn't like who I was when I showed up in that space with him in the marriage. Like our space was not good. The space we were keeping wasn't good. And I didn't like who I was being. I wasn't being my authentic self.
0: Yeah. And you had to make a hard choice, didn't you?
1: Yeah. A really hard choice. But then it was, it's, it's wild. the, it's just wild. Like the minute that we
0: separated, we started getting along better than we ever had. Right. It's it shows that creating your space looks different and and doesn't always have to be like sunshines and rainbows. Like that that that's a bit my point about the you know, the the home edit style. I mean, listen, I'm I I love the home edit. I think it's awesome. I'm not dissing it, but it's that the going deeper beyond, um, just that surface stuff that creating good space can sometimes be about making really hard decisions and, and and making those decisions from what you said, you made that decision from fierce love.
1: Yeah. And I had to like, look, I had to like look in my own junk drawer (laughs) Mm. in the, in the marriage. I had to look, like I had to own my side of the nasty street.
0: Yeah.
1: I had to really look and own it and say, you know, I haven't been clear. I haven't been in integrity.
0: Pretty powerful when you set blame down, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that, you know, a, back to, God.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, back say, to Sunny Bay, right? Like back to like we could easily just sweep her under the carpet, right? You could easily just sweep all that resentment and blame under the carpet and carry on with your perfect marriage. Perfect, quote unquote. Uh-huh.
1: Right. And I I you know what allows we gets me out of bed in the morning is seeing myself and other people and seeing the same pain that I carried around for so many years and other people like I instantly recognize that in Sunny and I refuse. Mm. It was literally like refusing to let my 5-year-old self go unseen when I saw mm. her. And like Sunny's 5-year-old yeah. self, she had never seen her. I never said like, Hey, you're good. Like I'm making you good. I'm making you great. Let's set this stuff down that you've been carrying around since you were five. And let's go out into the world and be loved. Like actually let's, own, let's own ourselves. Let's be a freaking sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: the best. It's the best sunny day. Like- but you know what, what you said made it sound like it's actually kind of easy, but it's probably the hardest thing ever
1: she was, it was she cried all the time and she was angry and she was mad and she got mad at me and then i you know mirrored her anger back at her and that was really the breakthrough was once she saw herself reflected as how she was occurring in the world she didn't like it and that's what was happening to me in my marriage like he was reflecting he was reflecting my meanness back to me and i didn't like it oh wow good
0: one True. Yeah. <laughs> good insight. Yeah. And you know, for for people, you know, uh, for people who are listening and they're dealing with a with a tricky marriage mm-hmm. and that they're aware, wow, this person is reflecting back the worst part of me. What I, I love that you're saying is that is that it's really about creating the good space within yourself first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that you have to leave the marriage, but it's just that you have to create that good space in, in yourself in order to even know what to do. Mm -hmm.
1: I needed a pause. We need, I needed a pause. Like we're still on a pause. We're still separated. Um, I needed a pause. Like I just need to look at my space, live in my space.
0: Yeah. And then create it.
1: And then get really clear on what matters to me in my space.
0: So, moving forward from here what what's what's your next mission, your next project what mm-hmm. what do you what do you want people to know that you're you're up to? The space you keep keeps you is what I'm
1: up to. I'm up to um working with people who have an area of their life that's not working for them, and it could be generally. I've found in my life, if there's a space, an actual physical space in my home, that's not working, it's reflective of an area in my personal life, or within myself that's not working. And let's transform that area, the internal area, like, let's get really clear about what's happening there and clear out the junk. And then let's create your home as a way that's a reflection of the internal space you want to be keeping. You know, like every morning you wake up and you look around your room and you're reminded like I'm a space for fierce love, freedom and joy. And it's reflected in your space and within yourself. And that's the North Star that you keep through life. That's my mission, is to help people get there. And it requires opening the junk drawer, opening the closet, like going in the basement and looking like, oh, wow, I'm still carrying around that incident from when I was five with my dad, or oh, wow, like I'm still carrying around what happened when I was seven. And it's showing up everywhere, even in my space.
0: I had a a, um, a woman uh, who a coach I was working with um, I still work with, oh my God, she's just my favorite person of all time. But she um, and I were talking about my creativity. I was having a huge block with creativity and I was Mm -hmm. feeling very like sorry for myself and feeling like um you know feeling stupid and feeling like I, I'm not good enough and I I'm I'm never gonna be able to to make it. And uh and we got we got to talking somehow about um looking around my space and seeing what was it that that was a, a symbol, like a true symbol of creativity and mm-hmm. um, that was in my space. And I said, oh well it's this box of, <laughs> of letters and poems that my high school boyfriend wrote me. Mm. And she said, um, okay, tell me more about that. And I said, well, he's the most creative person I've ever known in my life. And he will always be genius. And in fact, most of his poems, I didn't even understand because they were just so genius. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't understand it. It's really beautiful, but I don't understand. And he had he had represented to me all my life. I, we dated when I was 17. Yeah. And you know, I had, had this box that I had carried from home to home and I had kept it underneath my bed. And this box represented all the genius that I wasn't. And Mm. so she's like, dude, are you kidding me? You've been carrying that box around for 30 years. What are you doing? Go right outside right now and burn it. So I did. And it was cathartic. It was the biggest release of... I'm holding on to the fact that someone else had the genius and the creative creativity that I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I got to love him and say goodbye and let it let it all go. In fact, it was like blocking my love for my husband because my husband could never write poems like this guy, right? you know. So I, I love how you speak about, you know, the inside and outside aspect of creating good space, how you, you're you not, you're literally in the junk drawer and you're figuratively in the junk drawer. You're in a mm. spiritual quest, but also, you know, for people who are going to follow you uh, on Instagram and see visually the space that you keep, it's so inspiring and so beautiful and so intentional. You You don't have anything in your space that's not intentional, do you?
1: No, I do everything with intention. If yeah. if there's yeah. no reason behind doing it, no intention behind doing it, it's it
0: it means nothing to me without right. intention meaning and intention i mean this is the space that you're creating which mm. happens to also be really beautiful so these are the things that um that you i that i see that you're up to and um you're you totally inspire me absolutely no question mm. mostly because not mostly hang on i got to take that word out <laughs> simply because simply because you are just so damn real mm. and you're so fast to acknowledge who you are, who you aren't, what's working, what's not working. Listen, you never you never polish yourself up to occur like something you're not. I love that about you. It makes you so approachable and so um well you just really show your fierce love every second of the day. And I really love that about you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. I'm practicing
1: just- saying thank you actually. Good girl Everyone should practice that. Practice just saying thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I really appreciate you coming on to this, uh, this podcast. This has been such a joy. It just flew by. And I, I hope that the listeners really got a lot out of what you've, what you've shown. You're really, um, re- you're really walking your own walk, you know, talking your own talk. And I really, um, I really admire that. It's, the world really needs more of that. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. It was so fun. I, I'm like, wait, it's over. <laughs> wait, I know. Let's do it again.
0: Let's do it again. Yeah. Keep talking. I know. Again. it's. I just I I want people to be left with wanting more. So, so friends, please follow Allison, and um, I'll we'll be sharing links and things like that. But, um, you're you're creating a a coaching practice. You're creating a, a business that will help people create good space for themselves. So, I you know watch out for that, people. It's going to yes. be an incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Erin. Yeah, it's Thank a pleasure, you. Allison. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye, Thank you so much for joining us this week on the power to be podcast. Thanks again to my guest for sharing so generously and for really lighting us up. And it's my hope that each of you who is listening is feeling inspired to get out there and live big and serve powerfully. The world is waiting for that special gift that you have. We'll see you next week.